So Sid had the great idea of sharing, brilliant idea, sharing our our life journey together. <laughs> Not just our, I think our we all know our career partnership journey. journey and what we have done. Okay, so if you haven't figured this out by now, David and I because you're very loud. Oh, should I just, <laughs> just get sit in? Right there. I'm just gonna sit. I'm gonna hover. Sid over actually there. is all the way across the room, and I'm the loudest all the time, like she's being recorded. <laughs> Right next to me. Okay, so David and I are best friends, BFF, and we, I mean, we've been friends for a billion years, but we lived together in Florida. You moved in with me. Yeah. For like three months, though, because... It feels like longer. I think it was longer. Maybe. I don't know. It was real quick, though. We lived in a house. Yeah, we lived in a house in... A very wooded area because there's lots of spiders and I'm very thankful to not ever yeah, there was live a lot there of again. Vermin. <laughs> as well. And um, you know, we started our business together down there and it was awesome because we were like living together and creating this awesome platform and we really didn't know what it wanted to look like and um, we were still trying to figure out the inner workings of what destroy the hairdresser was and um, you know, then we decided we were gonna move to New York and David went first and then I came soon after and we literally gave up our corporate jobs and gave up everything. We, we sold everything we it owned. Like, it was starting over. Yeah. And we lived in an apartment in Brooklyn and you know, you, at that point when you moved to New York, most people can't just move and live by themselves because it's so expensive. And so, you know, we were like, let's live together. We'll have an office in our apartment. And we literally worked like that for two years. Yeah. And then, uh, it was a great apartment. We decided, you know, we're going to get an office, just so the hairdresser was going to get an office, and we got a bigger and nicer apartment in the city, and, you know, we were, everything was growing, and the company was growing, and we were touring, and all these things, and then our lease came to an end, and, you know, it's such a beautiful journey to see us, how we've grown in New York, and how the company's grown so quickly, and, like, we don't give ourselves enough credit, because we're always like, it's not growing fast enough, and then we're like, no, we built so quickly in, like, a two-year span, and... We both just got our own apartments. Mm -hmm. They're so freaking cute. But the best part about this whole story is that we literally moved across the street from each other. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking all around the city and ended up. I was looking the on the west side, yeah. And I was looking all the way down in the 70s and the east side, and we came together on Lexington Avenue. On Lexington Avenue. And it is seven blocks away from our old apartment. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you're seven blocks. I'm yeah, six I, you're, blocks. you're six blocks, I'm seven blocks. But, and the best part is there's a nice Starbucks in, in between both of us where we can, where we meet for meetings, most meetings. <laughs> it's an awful <laughs> Or we come to the office, but it's so much closer to go to the coffee shop now. But you know who lives really far away from us? Mm -hmm. Or whose salon is really far away from us? Who? Michelangelo. So far. <laughs> All the way down in Chelsea. So far from the upper <laughs> side. But he's here with us today. We just told you a little bit about our journey, and I think I'm really excited. To I'm so his. excited for his story because he was telling us a little bit about it earlier before we started recording, and um, this is going to be a good one. We, I already know we're bringing him back for 2.0. Yeah. The first time we saw Michelangelo was at Bayou Saint Blonde. Oh my God. And Michael is part of uh, the Left Brain Group Artistry with us, and it was like the show you put on was just like, 
a saw and like, fuck. Like, I mean, I saw a woman take a chainsaw to her private parts. And, and she'd spark. She'd yes! spark. <laughs> it was amazing. Technically, it was a grinder. A grinder. Okay. Yes. I've never seen such a it thing. It was so. a grinder on a steel plate that was strapped to her cob piece. <laughs> oh my gosh. It sounds That's incredible. Dazzling. It sounds insane. It was. It was. So. And if you don't, if you weren't there, I feel bad for you. Where do you mean, Erin, for everything? She said, Michael, I'm going to give you a bunch of burlesque performers. Do something fabulous with them. And you did. I didn't even ask. I, they came with talent. They came with I just did her hair and they, they shot sparks. <laughs> you're like, this is who I am. But now. that's kind of cool. what you do. You're, that's your whole thing with Wonderland. You're a little bit out of the box. Things are very different. Tell us about <laughs> yeah. where the hell did that all come from. I have from? this song, A Little Bit Alexis, stuck in my head. Do you watch Shit's Creek? Yeah. Yes. It's so funny. And I just wanted to first start with a little bit of la, 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 la. <laughs> No, it's true. We just finished the season's wrapping up. We oh, I can't talk about, about it. It's so exciting. But tell us about Wonderland, how it came to be, what it means to you. If, tell us as if no one you know has heard of it, so that people at home know what's going on. Okay, right. Got it. So I started my career in the beauty industry in '89. I went to beauty school right from high school. Where, did, um, where are you from? I'm a nice Italian boy from New Jersey. Ah, love that. <laughs> um, I went to the Capri Institute of Cosmetology in Kenilworth, New Jersey, on Route 22 West in back of the McDonald's. <laughs> it was a really elegant place. I love this. But um, it's good. I grew up in New Jersey, a half hour outside of the city. My dad was a small business owner here in Manhattan. Um, he did retail, and so weekends and evenings were a big part of our family life was coming into the city while my dad worked. and How cool. Um, we ran around the city and got to go to museums and see the punks on St. Mark's Place. And um, As a gay kid in New Jersey, I found very early on that the PATH train, which took me from Hoboken to the West Village, was a lifeline. That literally is the lifeline. Yeah. West Village. <laughs> yeah. So it. picture this. It's 1985. Yeah. I'm dressed up like some hybrid of like Cindy Lauper, Madonna and Pete Burns from Dead or Alive and getting my ass kicked on the daily in high school. Oh, Literally no. having rocks thrown at me, getting beaten up and harassed and having leadership in the school tell me that what I needed to do was focus my art on posters for the football team so that instead of these people not liking me that they'd be more prone to include me. And I said, they beat me up. I don't want to paint pictures for them. Right. And he said I had to take a step forward to try and make friends. Wow. So you were Talk painting. about support, you were, uh-huh. you were into painting when you were in school. Yeah, okay. I was an art student. All I was ever groomed for by anyone in my family or circle of family was right. art. Everyone told me I was going to Parsons. And when it came time for art school, my parents were going through a hell of a drama. And I started the application process. I was accepted. And when it came time to figure out how to pay for college, my parents were absolutely out of the picture yeah like in fact my dad said i'll give you ten thousand dollars if you don't go to college uh, my dad didn't go to college he said college was for pussies who couldn't figure out how to do it themselves oh right <laughs> got it and i, I would <laughs> say that it. i think trade school is really undervalued in america no, yeah. unquestionably the the idea you have to make college free and trade school is not part of that dialogue is Ludicrous. We're kind of one of the only countries that does that really pushes universities. Trade school careers are actually keeping at staying alive. Thank you. You know, like, thank you. So I think my dad did sort of weirdly write by me in some fucked up way. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say fuck on this? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. The more the better. <laughs> 
Um, and so I took the $10,000 and I paid for the Capri Institute of Cosmetology. That's awesome. Um, Is that how much it was? 10,000? I think it was like nine. Oh, Maybe nine. it was like nine or 11. Yeah. It was, it was very near to that. Wow. And, um, I loved it. I was great at it. Everything I'd ever painted or drawn in my whole art life was like a woman's head, neck and shoulders. Mm-hmm. I would start a drawing with the eyeliner and finish it with the hair. Yeah. <laughs> Every sculpture I ever made was a woman's bust. Whenever I tried to do a man, like they were like, your man is gay. <laughs> like it, it was, they were so pretty and feminine. Right. My art teachers were like, if you don't stop drawing Herbert's photos of Madonna and Cindy Lauper, like we're going to have to have a conversation. But what oh I did and what they didn't get about me at the time is was I doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You didn't and know that. No, no, those drawings were studying Annie Leibovitz, Herb Ritz, mm-hmm. like all of the artists that were capturing like my icons, my heroes. And you know, you look at that work and it holds up today unquestionably. Yeah. Right. Mark Seliger was a big, right. I think like, I've actually gotten to do hair many times with Mark Seliger. And I think about how many of his photos were on my wall as a kid growing That's up. That's bizarre, isn't it? It's mind blowing. <laughs> um... So beauty school kind of led me where I needed to be. I'm a little bit of, um, I have a hard time with no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody in this industry would know anything about that. No. <laughs> I'm not great at hard boundaries. I let people kind of take more than I probably should. I know that about myself. Yeah. Much more now, because I'm old. Um, and have taken some time to think about it. But back then, I, I had a good gig in a small salon in Jersey that I stayed at for too long because I loved the owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was a good woman, and she gave me a really big opportunity to get right on the floor. Yeah. I didn't have to assist there. Yeah. She said, you know... I had the same situation. Me too. It was good, and it was bad. Because I think it makes you a little... Hostage. Delu- yeah, hostage. I went from hair school into being an educator for as long, so it was, wow. like, <laughs> it was like, you know, it's like I... I wish I would have had that, but I, I did get it in a weird way, yeah. you know? So, it's yeah, it's a blessing. But it also jumpstarts your... Then you don't have... Then you never assist. If mm-hmm. someone will let you skip assisting, you never really yeah. assist until you're doing something major, which is kind of cool. Yes. In a small town, you of know? Of course. But what I had learned in high school was the PATH train was my lifeline, right? Yeah. So I started taking the PATH train into the city and working a few days a week in the city and staying a few days a week in the Dirty Jers. Mm-hmm. And little by little... I will never not call it anything else. The Dirty else. Jers. For anyone that doesn't I say that know. with so much respect. I, I go know. to the Jersey Shore every summer. That's Jersey. It is a great state. It is a great state. But All like, my students in Jersey are like, okay, Dirty Jers. Right. Dirty Jers. Um, and I found a shop... Uh, well, I actually started... I went to the Upper East Side because it was um, where all the schmance was happening. My first... Salon gig was at Orbay. Yeah. Um, I apprenticed there for a week tryout situation. And I went there because it was where um, Linda Evangelista, Christy Turlington, mm-hmm. like the, the girls I wanted to work with were going. Yeah. yeah. And I found the environment there was really overwhelming for like a nice Italian boy from New Jersey. It was so fashion and so hardcore and so intense. And so I New thought York. like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, these people aren't nice. They're not warm. They don't care about anything except drugs, money, and attention. Yeah. And I, 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 I couldn't handle it. It wasn't for me. And so I wound up going to Stephen Knoll, which was sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. He was so conservative, but he did Cindy Crawford. And I thought, well, okay, if I can't have Linda, I'll go Cindy. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
And at the time, he was the trick. most no. expensive haircut in New York City at three hundred and fifty dollars. Wow, that's changed. And what year yeah. was this? That would have been like nineteen one ninety two. Yeah. Now Sally's charging like eight hundred a haircut. Yeah, and I think doesn't Ted Gibson uh, charge Ted some Gibson. stupid? I won't please. I don't even. Yeah. But that was a lot <laughs> in the nineties for sure. Yeah, it was huge, mm-hmm. and I was exposed to some of the most sophisticated New Yorkers I'd ever seen in my life. And I was introduced to someone who was um, a Tisch, mm-hmm. um, you know, a Tisch School of the Arts, mm-hmm. or the Tisch Wing at the this, and the Tisch mm-hmm. that. And they said, um, Michael, this is Mrs. Tisch. Actually, they didn't say Michael because they said my name, Michelangelo, was too big. And so they said, let's give you something simpler. Let's just call you Angelo. Yeah. And that always felt like Dirty Jurors, Pizza Maker. Like, I didn't really feel any... So I was like, what if we call me Angel? Because that was like more sexy, Latino, yeah. suave. Um, so cheesy, right? But at the time, it really felt hot. So your name was Angel? For like two weeks. Well, so stupid. There's a thing in the industry that people rename everybody. It's and we've awful. talked about it before. And we I don't understand why. It it's so right. fucked yeah. up. It's, it's ownership. Disgrac- I think it's yeah. disgraceful. It, if someone to- tried to change my name, I... I'm really yeah. absolutely not. But <laughs> let's say that, like, yeah. for those who came before us, it's the way world. they did it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they thought they were doing anything yeah. damaging. I thought they were doing they were what was solving right. A they were solving a problem yeah. the way they knew how. Yeah. And I feel like in life, every generation, hopefully, we learn how to solve problems yeah. better. Yeah. And our generation learned from the past, and it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were introduced to Mrs. Tish. And I, she was like, I don't know, five years younger than me, but, you know, by marriage, she was Mrs. Tish, and that was what she was there for. So for those of you that don't know Tish, Tish is the performing arts school at NYU. And a lot of people, like Gaga came out of there, just for reference. So much New York So many people. It's a a legendary family. Yeah. And so they said, Michael, this is Mrs. Tish. And I thought, oh my God, she's like three years younger than me, and I'm not even 30 yet. (laughs) And I said, do you prefer your first name or Mrs. Tish? And she said, no one's ever asked me that here. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if this is for me. Like, that's a lot. Um, I'm just really casual. I am. I'm very, for better or for worse, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm a walking book. Like, I'll tell anybody anything. Mm -hmm. That's Um, why you're here. To tell us everything. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets and scandals. Yeah. Um, And I spent like two weeks at Stephen Nolan. I went to the management and I said, "I, I feel like no one's happy here. It's so uptight. It's so cold. And... I have an idea. And they said, really? And I said, yeah, I'm thinking maybe Thursday nights we could get a margarita machine and DJ. And we could have a really good time. Yeah. You are from the Dirty Bears. Oh, my God. He looked at me like I was like a three-headed alien. And he said, do you know where you are? This is Madison Avenue and 59th Street. You're at the Stephen Knoll Salon. This is not some neighborhood salon in the West Village. I suggest you take the weekend and go think about where you want to be and what you want your career to look like. Yeah. Wow. That was, I mean, he was yeah. right. He was right. Yeah. 100%. And I went home and I said, okay, I want to do Cindy Crawford's hair. I want to work with the Supers. I want to work with Steven's network. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to put on my big boy pants and put away the margarita machine and just, <laughs> you know, wear like proper pants and a proper shirt and act like an adult. I can do it. Right. And I walked in the door and he goes, you have to get out. And I said, what do you mean? Like, I'm so ready to be a grown-up. I'll behave. Yeah. And he was like, no, I told Stephen what you said. He's, like, murderous. Like, he <gasps> can't even see you have to go, like, right <laughs> now. And so I, I left, and I really never saw or heard, except that, I don't know, maybe a decade later, 
um, because of a job change, I went to work at a neighborhood salon in the West Village, mm -hmm. as recommended by the management there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was introduced to Carmen Cass, who um, I took Platinum Blonde for uh, a Gap campaign that was then also, you know, very iconic Narciso Rodriguez with the braid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I took her Platinum for that. Oh, wow. And um, it really changed the entire direction of my career. So I wasn't getting Linda and I wasn't getting Cindy, but what I wasn't thinking was neither of them needed a hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. Right? She's Linda fucking Evangelista. <laughs> She's not looking for a hairdresser. <laughs> right. She's got one. Right? She's got a 10. Yeah, exactly. And Carmen Cass was a new face. I, I didn't realize that aiming for someone's throne was way further than I was. You need to take someone else to the throne. Yeah, yeah. you have to wait for people to retire out, to move on. Like, you kind of have to wait your turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that one of the biggest challenges managing younger people today is they have that same passion that I have. Mm -hmm. I know it. I can do it. Give me the reins. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I know, but you kind of have to wait your turn. And it's, I promise, yeah. that if happen. you're good, your, your turn comes and then your turn lasts. Yeah. If you get it too fast and you get it too easy, I think it's very hard I like that because you're still, you're not crushing dreams because no. so many, so many stylists in the industry that were abused from their formers and formers now with the new generation come in, they'll, they'll basically say like, no, you'll never do that. Yeah. You'll never yeah. get there. Everyone and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I was like, I want to do color and I want to do cut and I want to do makeup. And they were like, if you want to be taken seriously, you you'll pick, pick a path. One. Yeah. Right. And I actually, one of the things that drew me to the salon I worked at in the West Village was they said, okay, if you can do them all, we trust yeah. you. Right. They were a little naive, mm -hmm. but that naivete gave me another chance to show that I could. And after working for Robert Cree for a while and, and developing a really good network, and I'll be forever grateful to the ownership and management there. They trusted me with so much. I left as creative director and went to Privé. Um, they offered me an opportunity that I had started thinking about opening my own salon, and I thought Privé ran a little bit of a more sophisticated operation. Um, and so I hung out there for about three years while I worked on opening Wonderland. And I think, like, back to the, the question, what is Wonderland? Wonderland's a real reaction to all of those experiences. Yeah. yeah. I like to think many salon. I don't think I'm unique in that. I think we all, right? Yeah. We're all it's reacting to everything that came before. Yeah, it's the effect of... You know, your experience. But I know that from art history, right? The, the artists that reacted to the artists that came before brought art next level, next yeah. level, next yeah. level. I can't say that the next levels are better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. I might even argue that I think the Renaissance is more inspiring to me than modern art. Yeah. Right. But it's just the way it goes. Yeah. So my wonderland is a place where we can have a margarita machine and a DJ sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. But also, like, we make sure that the quality of work is what it was that inspired me to go work with Orbay and Stephen Knoll yeah. and, and those heroes of mine, icons, really. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I look at my hands and the way they work and the shapes they make. There's no question I'm trying to kind of do what I saw Orbay do, saw what Garen did. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm one of those artists who, when you look at my work on paper or in hair or photograph, like, you totally know it's mine. Yeah. I don't think that Picasso could have ever done a Monet, and I'm not comparing myself to those people. So everyone, <laughs> we're gonna get. I get you. I know for okay. real. But I think that when you look at an artist's work, a good artist's work looks like their hand. Yeah. So I took what I saw Stephen do. I took what I saw 
where they do. I took what I learned around me at Privé and Robert Cree and in art class and, you know, kind of put it together into this sort of mishmash that's my wonderland. It's very eclectic aesthetic. Um, I think that the work that I do is a little bit eclectic in the sense that I think of myself as more of a portraitist and preservationist um, than uh, visionary. Yeah. I think there are people that want to make new shapes, that want to reinvent the wheel. I don't. I want to study the wheel my whole life and make it even better than the first wheel. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just want to keep refining and refining yeah. and refining. And I, I think that both kinds of artists are really important in our industry because I think we, yeah, I'm much better to come to when you want to learn your foundations, when you want to learn history, when you want to learn traditions in art and culture and beauty and design. Um, if you want to learn what the future is going to be about, I'm probably not the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're more of that. Yeah. We like more that. of the future. Yeah. Yeah. We like yeah. I think that's so but we, fantastic. But, but, we, but if, someone, if someone comes to the foundation, I'm like, it's not, I can't work with them. Yeah. I'm not, I can't do it. I need you to have that already. You know? Yeah. So it, you're right. They are both. So important. important. Yeah. I think I'm more of like the library, like librarian. Yeah. Um, where you come to me and you say, look, we're, and I'm like, okay, that's, you want Gwyneth Paltrow, 1991, <laughs> this event, that dress. You can do that. And yeah. what she was referencing was 1925, when so-and-so did thus and such. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I have got so all much of appreciation for that brain. You yeah, know? I don't have that brain. Because yeah. it's, it's incredible. And I've learned so much working with artists that, that think like that because it's like, it's so cluster clustered now. You know, that we have so many icons and so many things that there's yes. so much inspiration. Tumblr. That we, yeah, and there's so many we images. There's so, I mean, many, there's images so many images that before it was like that Gap co- campaign was like iconic because that's all that there was. Right. Now there's so much stuff going on. If I told you about this brand and this model, you'd be like, I didn't see it because you saw something else. So it's, I appreciate that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a lost art. I'm all. grateful that I grew up pre internet Mm -hmm. in so many ways because of what you just said in other ways I'm so envious and I have to keep it in check (laughs) of people that are younger than me that come up with the it's so easy to like click on YouTube my boyfriend's much younger than me and he's Mm -hmm. so self-taught and Mm -hmm. he's also a hairstylist and um, some of you have probably seen him on stage with me his name's Jesse right he we tall tall, yes (laughs) and um like, I'll go, how did you know to do that? And he's like, it was three clicks on YouTube. And I'm like, I didn't have fucking YouTube. That's so unfair. <laughs> I had to sit in like slow motion, watch a behind the scenes videotape of like some MTV making the video and see if I could catch a millisecond of right. Madonna's makeup artist doing a brow or, yeah. you know, setting a curl. Right. And then I was like, oh my God, freeze frame, freeze frame. Hold on. Okay. I see what they're doing. Yeah. It's funny because we both come from, we're on the back end of millennials where we remember what it was like to not have the internet. Like I remember being very inspired by print, but in my youth, but not all of my adulthood and my developmentally, like when I, you know, when I developed, it was, it was all internet. And so that's what I've thrived on through my career. He's probably your age. Like he grew up with the internet coming by like heavily. That's actually what, that's what defines the millennials that they were born without technology and were raised with technology. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Versus yeah. no one now is Generation ever. Z has never not had technology. So yeah. it's a very... I would trek into New York City and I knew what newsstands I had to go to to <laughs> go through and find yeah. the magazines. Right. Like, I'd literally have to drive... 
and then train and then path train to get your magazines. David and yeah. I both grew up on farms. <laughs> wow. And so I like, it, I mean, maybe you too, but I remember like a highlight was getting a magazine like at the store. It was like teen people or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Something like that. That's but, what connected you to Yeah, like, you know, I remember like Cosmo and Vogue were so adult and like now all the experience I've had with Vogue has been through the internet. So it was like, Wild. you yeah. know. Totally cool. different. I had a worker. Sorry. No, please. Even when you see Vogue shoots now, I live right by Central Park, and there's a lot of little tiny. Sh- the amount of content they're shooting, and the people they're using to shoot it, it's yes. like it's not it's it's, so different. It's not glamorous anymore. It's just like mm-hmm. we it's not get for it fast. print. It's for print. It's for Instagram. It's for internet. Gotta, it's for their website. Yes. It's for yeah. this is what I try and do with my left brain group experiences. Yeah. I try and give people the experience of that. Yeah. Right, so what we do when we do an experience is we find models, makeup artists, and when you say locations, you mean workshops. So yes, the, the, workshop. our Wonderland workshops. If you go on the Left Brain Group, like they're they're kind of bucketed mm-hmm. under experience. Can people find this through your Instagram as well? Yeah, but the best place is the Left Brain Group. <laughs> Instagram. Just checking. Okay. No, I, but you, yeah. you make a good point. Like yeah. I'm terrible about all regrets. Everyone listening, to, everyone listening just it's already went go. to your Instagram. And oh, okay, it's it. at m underscore r underscore Angelo is my Instagram. Perfect. And yes, I do blab about that stuff. Not as well as the Left Brain Group does, but yeah. I do. They all know Left Brain Group. Yeah. You can visit them on the. On we'll the link. Website. We'll link the workshops as awesome. well. But awesome. what what do they tell us about those so, experiences? I loved doing those photo shoots, those glamorous photo shoots where we yeah. went to a location with a story and a vision and idea. And I think that those were really formative, but also just creatively fulfilling experiences. So our workshops typically look like this. I come up with an idea, I wrangle models and makeup artists and a little bit of wardrobe, and then we go together to a location, talk about the inspiration, talk about the creative direction, and then... Uh, Folks can use their own cameras, um, iPhones to do their own shoots, or I can shoot for them, depending on who's comfortable with what. Mm-hmm. But it really is about kind of I would take that creating those moments. I know. We're like, mm, we're coming. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's good because, you're, A, it's great for this generation because they're learning how to capture uh, hair via yeah. a, a video because a lot of people struggle with that, especially bringing it back to Instagram, which is so important to build your business. And But to learn the art of how to style hair and to um, create for a purpose is really cool. I find that when I'm... So the other kinds of classes I teach, like we have styling classes and highlighting classes and even some cutting classes. Um, And one of the things that I ask people to do when they start is tell me where they're going. And it's so... It's so often that people look at me kind of blank-faced and they're like, I don't know. (laughs) I just got to start doing the hair and I'll let you know when I'm done. And I'm like, (laughs) would you tell a client that? Yeah. Absolutely not. Right? Like, you have to have a story. I would story. feel so uncomfortable if I was sitting in that chair. But that's the thing. Storytelling isn't... I don't think it's taught anymore. Mm-hmm. No. It's very hard. And, and it, that was those Vogue editorials. They were... And they called it a story for a reason. Right. And the story was, like, Australian go- girl goes to Sweden on a beach holiday and finds a book that leads her to meet a boy and they right. go to a... Ma- and... When they were you imagine that, story. you imagine what the hair looks like. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And I like when I work with my clients in the salon, too, to kind of imagine... What their story is. What their story is, because I think that's what we're doing at our best, is we're accessorizing their story. We're not telling their story. And I'm assuming that, that because so it's Wonderland, that it's a little more fantasy storytelling. That you're more into that, I would well, imagine. 
It's funny. I, I know. I, I think I trip people up sometimes. I love, like, bold and colorful. I love like, perky. T- like, I, I want you to describe. Yeah, describe your salon, because we, we, we've looked at I photos. We've seen articles. I mean, you have... There was that one article that was talking about scratch and sniff wallpaper. Yeah, I designed a collection of scratch and sniff wallpaper that made me <laughs> a legend. I am in the permanent collection at the Smithsonian Cooper Hewitt National Design what? Museum. That is so cool. For scratch and sniff cherry wallpaper. That's my tombstone. Oh. That's incredible. <laughs> Not many people can say no. that. No. And you did it no. for the sake of your space. You I wanted... did it because I was really pissed off at Gay Pride, and it's a long story for another podcast. <laughs> we can both talk about that. We're going to have Michelangelo gay... 2.0. I have Gay Pride issues as well. Well, but... I had some people tell me that I was, like, looking too gay for Pride. And I was like, you want gay? I'll give you gay. And I did this, like, rainbow mylar scratch and sniff wallpaper I did one banana and then a pair of cherries and if you were to look really fast between them you might get the wrong idea that it's something more than just a banana and cherry. <laughs> yeah. but it's not that. I swear sometimes a banana is just a banana <laughs> um, and then what you scratch and sniff is up to you <laughs> So, tell, so describe your salon a little bit. Well, when you it's walk, really pretty. When you walk in, what, what, what's, the, what's the first thing? I'll tell you, you what people say to me. They say, wow, this feels like when New York was cool. Yeah. That's it's the best I, compliment I ever get. It's what? very, it, it, it's very, um, I don't know. It's very, un, it feels a little bit underground. It yes. feels a little bit untouched. My salon on 13th Street, I guess not everybody listening knows that I did a big move recently. Yes, they know. So I closed a big fucking Mammy Jamma salon on 13th Street about a year ago because mm-hmm. it was killing me and I didn't have the management skills to run it well. I really didn't. I'm, I'm sure the rent was just... The rent was staggering, but I still think that somebody <laughs> with stronger management could have developed the team better. Okay. You know? Um, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. Yeah. Right. Um, I love doing hair. I hate um, coaxing people. I feel like either you're in or you're not. And yeah. if I beg you to do it, it doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I gave it up. I just said I'm so tired of trying to, you know, make this work when it doesn't. Um, I had jumped through some hoops and pulled some stunts. And just one day I was like, that's it. I can't. And uh, so a year ago, I opened a much smaller studio in West Chelsea. It's kind of tucked a bunch of, amidst a bunch of art galleries. We're parallel with the High Line. It's an old brick New York walk-up with a fire escape on the front that we can sit out on. And it's a great set for photos and things. Um, And the vibe feels much more, honestly, it feels more current. I think the big salon experience is, ugh. It's over. I think, I think. I might be yeah. wrong. And usually right when we say something's over is about when it comes back. I know, right? So hold on tight. <laughs> it's, um, so, it's so great that like you've created this space that's like the embodiment of you because we teach salon owners to like to not attract everyone. And yes. so to attract your ideal person that, that are, like find your people and yes. those are your clients. Yes, 100%. And it's ha- you're happier. It's the oldest line I can remember, like, clinging to from my pop icons was be yourself, be yourself. Cindy Lauper and Madonna, like, those were the women that raised me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was their message so hardcore. Yeah. Be yeah. yourself, do you, do you, do you. And, like, those women are still thriving in their own arenas. <laughs> They're still right. doing them. They're still doing <laughs> them. You know, four decades of work. Yeah. They haven't fizzled, and I think it's because they really stayed true to their brand. Yeah. yeah. Cindy Lauper, I remember reading articles with her where she said that she took the route of less financial and chart success so that she could do the music that she, that she loved. Well, and then it, you also keep your 
followers and your fans. And yes. it's when you start changing all the time that people fall away from that. And it's hard, I think, especially like in our 20s and 30s, so much is changing about the way we think and the way we learn and the way we grow. Yeah. And now just kinda... now just add everything's changing so quickly all the time. Every day. We're going to go out to a whole new New York like, yeah. as soon as we leave this building. It's true. But you, but do you feel like you're, you create your space as a safe haven for yourself? Yes. Yeah, it's much smaller so that I can think clearly. I don't know that I'm done. Yeah. Like, I don't know that this is the last stop on my journey. In fact, I actually think it's a, a little secret hideout for me to kind of get calm and clear mm-hmm. from. So that, like, the next step out that I take can be a really big one. Yeah. 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 What does that mean? Can I don't you know. I feel like sometimes like when you say this stuff, it helps kind of hold you accountable mm-hmm. to it. Especially then I'm like, but what if I don't do it? What if I get halfway there and I'm <laughs> Who like, Who cares? Oh. <laughs> but I think really, so you want to know what I think when I think really big? I think Empire. My yeah. heroes are people like Walt Disney and Martha Stewart and yeah. Donna. I want hair color line. I want yeah. salons all over the country to, I don't know if I need to own them, but to be inspired by the work that I do and supported and helped by the tools that I create. I mean, if you were raised um, by Madonna, no wonder. I think you're yeah. going to hit that through <laughs> your workshops for sure. Like your workshops are, are I think what's going to get you to that because you're, you're, Spread the you're making other, you're, you're creating other use through that so I'd love to do products for consumer and stylist that really narrow down I feel like so many of the brands what they're just bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and I'd love to figure out how to I know what products I want to make like I've had that written down for well over 20 years yeah, yeah. it's a list of three products yeah. it's so simple less and is so much more. everyone That's everyone what's, ever, what's, what's happening now I, and I, I just need to find like the right team of people to help me bring that to fruition and I can do that in a place that's small and calm I can think clearly I can meet people and yeah. kind of test to see who rises to what level yeah. um, I think it just depends on if you're you know there's two types of industries there's the industry that helps you make money very quickly which our industry can do both it can help you make money yeah. very quickly or it can give you a generator of money yes and I think I think when it comes to owning and running a business you have to kind of decide Am I using this to generate income so I can do more with my life? Or am I looking to get a lot of money very quickly and move on to the next thing? I like to generate a lot of money so that I can do other things. Because right. I'm really creative. and I, my, So it's ironic because what I said was I like to preserve. But I also, I like to get something set up and then give it to someone to preserve. Because I want to do something else next. Yes. Yeah. So I like to get money so I can... Like I want to do a little jewelry collection. Yeah. I would love to look at doing a little t-shirt line. Yeah. And I so so much of my drive to get money is to do what's next. I, I read Walt Disney's biography and it's a very similar like they said he really didn't ever have a lot of money because if he got a million on a movie, he spent a million two on the yeah. next movie. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of how I think. Like I'm I'm I opened my first salon, it was huge, and I was 32 or 33 years old. It was really young. I look back and I think maybe I was too young to do something that big. <laughs> yeah. Um, but try telling me something. <laughs> um, and I think, like, now at, I'm 48, I think, um, I don't know, I've lived, I've learned, I've failed a little, and I think that's an important part of growth. Um, and I think that all of that's helped inform much more clear direction for what's next. Right. What I like about this is that you've decided this guy just has no awareness. This guy uh, with the mouth. 
<laughs> you want me to talk to him? <laughs> I can totally pretend to my dad and go out there and do your business. We're recording talk, over here. We gotta talk about your dad. But um, what I like about this podcast is that a lot of times people come here to tell us what they've achieved and their story. And you've done that, but also, like, what's next? And a lot of people, I think, get to a place where, I think when people are building their career, it's like, I want to get to this, you know, this idyllic, 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 is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Place. They get there, and it's like, that's it. And I yeah. think it's cool Why does there gotta be a tap out? That you just keep going. Like, and I do think that younger generations are more, I think each generation is getting more into the reality of, like, the retirement thing is not very exciting. Yeah. It's something you should plan for, but it's not very exciting. What are you, mm-hmm. you going to stop doing here and live on the beach and die? I mean, yeah. <laughs> people aren't really doing that anymore. Yeah, it's so true. it's always thinking about what's next, and I don't know, it's very interesting. That's cool. Um, I read something recently, and it was, I forget what iconic celebrity it was, but they were talking about you never actually get to a level where you can sit back and just go, okay, cool. Right? Like, I've got three Oscars and blah, blah, blah. But, like, the reality is, like, you're not... Okay, so you've got that, but, like, what are you going to do? Just sit right. and stare at them? Right? Yeah. Like, you got into acting because you're an artist and you need to create and express. Right. So, like, okay, I've got the Oscars. That just leaves me with the question, okay, what's next? Yeah. It's director. Right. Right? Those are the people... Like, Madonna, I look at her all the time as such an inspiration because I think, okay, so... She actually started a career as a singer with no singing ability. <laughs> she got as far as, like, Ray of Light and Evita before she took voice lessons. <laughs> right. That's and, insane. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, you know, she's a pretty I respectable mean, her, singer. She was honest. She was on a game show, and someone asked what her... This is before she was famous. Someone asked what her goal was in life, and she said to take over the world. <laughs> and she did it. Yeah. She didn't say she wanted to be a singer. No, but, like, now she's <laughs> learning how to play guitar, and she's learning how to ride horses, and mm-hmm. she's learning how to speak languages, and learning how to do yoga and I think like all of this yeah that's it's funny because people are like you're such a gushy fan and I am but it's not like (laughs) um it's I'm a fan of her work her endurance her stamina um I don't really know her so I can't say if I'm a fan or not yeah Yeah. I only know her from the product that she puts out and her accomplishments which I know it's kind of cool because the new album coming out at 60 and yeah. four decades in and so far it's like topping charts and people seem yeah excited about that's it it's awesome. amazing yeah that's what you want to do absolutely you're <laughs> really gonna put do. out your new record at 60 I hope so <laughs> sure. I, I really which is hope like so. your product line and your, you know what I mean like it's your third or fourth product fingers line crossed point, fingers you know? crossed I feel like we could talk more and more I know there's so many things that we want to know about alright let's set up we're our 2.0 gonna, we're gonna have to do 2.0 we're gonna have to do 2.0 you live in the area so it'll be very very easy for us yeah. um, I live on 23rd street and 7th avenue oh, oh you live down the street from yeah me. I'm where, two blocks from here wait where do you live oh I live on 96 yeah and you're on 96 too oh my god it's like yeah. you're we literally moved across the street from each other. Yeah, we moved out of the same apartment and then across the street. Yeah, we can. I can see his apartment from my apartment. <laughs> so cute. I yeah. love you guys. That We've been best friends for so long, and we like gave up everything and moved to New York, and like we were, we had to from, live together and from Florida. Where? He's not from Florida. I'm from Michigan originally. Go then on. I moved to Florida. Met Sid. I'm from Tampa. And then we, I love Tampa. <laughs> my grandmother was a Clearwater girl. Aw, we worked in Clearwater for a while. Yeah. Wait, shut up. Yeah, we worked for Aveda. Aveda at Gafers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And I used to go to the Gafers Gafer? salon. No, she used to get her hair done at the Gafers salon. It's a department store. Oh, um, 
And then she used to get her hair done. It was called the Best Little Hair House. It was on <laughs> Golf Today. I love that. It was the best. Everything's hair on house. Golf Today. Everything's on Golf Today. That's so. No, funny. we worked at the Aveda Institute in Clearwater. Mm-hmm. They didn't have one when I was. No, it no. was a new, new establishment. It was new. They moved us all there to open it. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good experience. But we're here now. We're excited to do 2.0. But tell us how we can learn more about your workshops again. Oh, well, so you can follow me uh, on Instagram. It's at M underscore R underscore Angelo, like Mr. Angelo with some underscores <laughs> in there. My real name is Michelangelo. My middle name is Raymond. So M R is Michael Raymond. Got it. Um, and your salon but, has an Instagram as well. Yes. The salon is at Wonderland Beauty Parlor and your classes are available through the left brain group and that's just at the left brain group. Yeah. yeah. And we always end our podcast with our guests telling us either a funny story or a horror story. So you have Which to one hit do us. You want? You, I mean, well, if you both. both. Do you want a story like that involves a fart? Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I can't believe I'm going to tell a farting loves a story. Good fart. But have honestly, you ever told this story before? Um, I've never told it in public. Well, this is, <laughs> this is his first podcast, so this is a great way to bring it. Never, it'll this always... is tricky because there's no one else here, and it feels You're like it's red. just us. And then twenty thousand people are going to listen to it. <laughs> oh man, this is okay. Good. Let's talk farting. <laughs> um, keeping it classy, kids. But I was doing a haircut once, and um, I was working on the nape area. And I uh, can I stand up? Yeah. Um, I was getting. I, you guys can't see the position. Can you describe the position? Yes. It was like right. You're squatting. On, You're doing a squat. Right. It was a perfect squat. The and perimeter it, I mean, is at his eyes. Sometimes things happen, and it was so loud it shook the room. It was earth shattering, and it was like, oh my god, what do you do? And like for a half a second, I was like frozen. Did it happen on the squat, or you were already squatting? Like it happened as I was squatting down. It was just like. And um, I would have blamed it on a duck. Yeah. I just, I, I couldn't not laugh. I'm such a. I, was this I, in Wonderland? No, thank God. This was in the strip mall in New Jersey. Oh, so, okay. you know, probably more acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It was so loud, and, and I tried to cover, and I couldn't not laugh. And the girl whose hair I was working on, she was such a lady. Really, she was going to pretend it never happened. And I was like, Sue, you and I both know that <laughs> just went down. <laughs> I still cut her hair. I literally I still cut her hair 25 so years later. It, oh, we it need, all began with a fart. We need to do it on the show. I know. 2.0, we're bringing in guests okay, great. to you. Great. <laughs> Tell us how you really felt about that fart. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, That's, what about a hair horror? That is a horror story. <laughs> oh, I, like, honestly, I really have only had... Where's wood? <laughs> oh, you said don't knock wood. It's fine. Okay, as long as I'm talking at the same time. So once I've literally only had one catastrophe, and it, it just was. I, I, it was it was a literal accident. I had two bowls, and one was a redhead single process touch up, and one was a blonde stone. <gasps> and and the mixed. red color went on the blonde's head, <laughs> and the blonde toner went on the redhead. And after about fifteen minutes of processing. I looked at the blonde and I noticed it was looking pinkish. So I ran her back to the sink to start to pull it off. Yeah. An assistant took the redhead down and dried it and hoped that maybe some of the that developer would stir the brown yeah. into yeah. warm enough to blend. That one had a chance getting through. The redhead was so generous to me. She's like, well, maybe it was someone else's formula you put on and it just didn't cover. She knew. She, was, she knew what happened. <laughs> she was like, I don't know what the fuck happened here. <laughs> I just started to backpedal and I was like, 
well, I adjusted your toner a little beige. Beige can have some red violet in the base. And <laughs> maybe some of the, you know, I, I just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. I'm better now, like, um, if something doesn't go the way I expected, I really own it. Oh, yeah. Listen, that was the best thing I did been, in my career. Everyone yeah. has been in a, in a bullshit mode. Of I'm course. like, this isn't right, and I don't like it. And if you could spend another hour with me, I'd love to fix this. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it earns you people It does, and they appreciate effort. it. I'm yeah. like, I... I'm not letting you leave like this. But when no. you're, especially younger people, I remember messing up hair when I was young and just being like, I gotta lie my way out of this and get, all you wanna yeah. do is preserve your ego and get the hell yes. out of this. I've seen people blame the client. <laughs> like, yeah. Your hair did this. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, the color did, the, the color, color did, did exactly what the color was like, supposed yeah. to do. Your gray's really stubborn. It's like, that's your job. Yeah. To yeah. know that. Well, I'll have a talk with them. You know what I mean? Like, but I see it, Jesse, my boyfriend, he's younger, he's building, and I see the way he contacts his people on Instagram, and he's like, hey girl, noticed a picture, you need a gloss, blah, 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 yeah. love to see you back in, and I yeah. see, like, he's growing really yeah. nice, and I, I, the people that he's growing, you know, yeah. they're his for life. Yeah, they have an intimate relationship with your clients. Yeah. So, what happened with the blonde? So was she mad? I lost her. Yeah. The redhead I kept for a real long time, the blonde, we, we tried just gentle lifting, gentle yeah. lifting, subtle toning. She was like a um, a New York City like federal prosecutor, oh. <laughs> like and she had pastel pink highlights before it was trending. <laughs> oh wow! And and there was only so much I could do without frying her hair, and like I kind of had to give up. Yeah, you know, once you start, and then the base starts to lift in between the highlights, and then you've got orange, and then you can't you tone the orange because it's, and I was yeah. just like, we have to stop. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> right, but I also knew that where I was stopping wasn't right for her, her yeah. career, her sense of aesthetics. I look at those moments and they're unfortunate for the clients, but all of those moments have made me such a better colorist. Yeah, you know? of course. So it's like, of you, you have to appreciate them. In the so process. now we use bowls in the salon that are marked and labeled. Uh, we use darker bowls for shadows, lighter bowls for See, you learn. Wanna, yeah. <laughs> I run a really tight, super organized system. Yeah. I'm a really good packer. Our salon's really like clean. People are always like, Oh, you organized. But I find I, I don't function well in chaos. It gives me such anxiety. And I think the act of doing hair is stressful. Yeah. So I think any external stressors that we can take away so we can focus on the work um, help me so much. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, I feel like a lot of people are going to want to know you're hiring. We get a lot of Yes. Money. You are? Yes. These are the things I'm What about for. people that are trying to move to New York? Well, if they'd like to start in yeah. reception and learn us and see if it's a place to fit. Yeah, like, we've done that with people. Yeah. And what if they are um, already in New York and they've got... A clientele? Yeah. So the thing I'm most interested in doing with folks in that position is rental. Okay. I'm really open to that. I've never tried it. Well, actually, Misha G rented for me yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that worked well for us. I hope it did for Misha, she too. She was just on our podcast a couple of Oh, episodes super ago. cool. So when she and Bumble parted ways, mm-hmm. she needed a landing pad, and she rented for me on 13th Street, which mm-hmm. was so easy because it was right across. Yeah. yeah. And then when we moved, she stayed for a little bit. And I think she still rents somewhere in this yeah. neighborhood She's down the street, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's in my yeah, main, main space. Um... But like that would be a really nice way for me to meet new people in a way that doesn't... I can't grow anybody. I don't want to. I'm trying to grow my apprentices. Yeah. And so I either need somebody that wants to come in and apprentice and kind of, like we were saying earlier, wait your mm-hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you've got business, then you can come You'll in and rent a chair it. and I'd love to share in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's cool. And then the other thing I'm looking for is somebody who can be front of house but really kind of own it, command it, grow it, 
and um, I think with big picture long term I'm looking somebody that could be my right hand yeah, yeah. so um, that's awesome I am accepting resumes at my email address which is michaelangelo <laughs> at wonderlandbeautyparlor.com thank you people will reach out because yeah. I mean there's a lot of people out there yeah like someone management reception front of house um, yeah I need somebody to grow with yeah so and many it people are like gonna. A, it like, sounds like a cool environment to work in. It's you're gonna the get most that most extra special spot, and I think there's so much room to um, grow. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So you'll come back. A hundred percent. Thrilled uh, too. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> he hasn't listened to it yet. All right. So thank you. We're glad yeah. that you came. Thanks for coming. We have some gifts for you. What? I like know. To see them. <laughs> um, but we'll give you we'll give you those gifts after we finish. And I just want to thank Michelangelo one more time for being with us. Thank you so much for coming. And we cannot wait to see you. Make sure to reach out to us on Instagram at Destroy the Hairdresser. And for more information on all things DTH, visit us at destroythehairdresser.com. Destroy the hairdresser.